a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Some legislators are under fire for rejecting the maps proposed by the Independent Redistricting Committee. But many Republican lawmakers don't seem all too worried about all of that. Of course, the, the cry from some have been, you're not listening to your constituents. The reality might be that maybe they actually were. LeVar Webb has a great piece in Utah Policy about why Republicans feel justified in the, the maps as they have been approved. And he joins us on the line now. LeVar, thanks for joining us today. Hey, good to be with you. So let's break that down a little bit, because that has been kind of the, the clarion call over the last 48 hours is you're not listening to your constituents. Uh, you make the point with some pretty compelling numbers that maybe maybe they are. Yeah, I think we need to look a little more deeply at that. Uh, there has been a lot of talk that, that these are the, the maps proposed by the redistricting commission or the people's maps. Uh, the legislature is, is going against the will of the people. Uh, the interesting thing is that when uh, Prop 4, I believe it was Prop 4, was, was passed in 2018, creating the redistricting commission, it, it passed by a tiny, tiny margin of less than six, 7,000 votes statewide out of more than a million votes cast. Mm. So if, if only a half a percent of people would have voted the other way, the commission wouldn't even have been created. But uh, more important than that is the way that vote broke down, because it won really big in Salt Lake County, and particularly in Salt Lake City and, and the more uh, progressive parts of the, of the county. It won by 60,000 votes in Salt Lake County. But because it won only by 7,000 votes statewide, that means it lost in most of the state. It lost in most of the Republican House districts and Senate districts all across the state. So, so Republican legislators, as they look at all of this, they're saying, you know, it, it barely, barely won statewide, but in my district, it actually lost. My, my voters voted against creating the redistricting commission, and that puts this whole debate in a different perspective for a lot of Republican legislators. Yeah, and I think it's an important one for all of us. Uh, it's why we like your thinking on this show, LeVar, is because you get us past the headline, past the talking points, past the shouting matches, uh, and actually looking at the numbers. So just just to repeat what LeVar just said, so the creation of the commission passed 50.34% to 49.66%, so it was a squeaker. Uh, and it lost in every county with the exception of Salt Lake, Carbon, Grand, and Summit. 
And so when people are yelling, you're not listening to your constituents. For many members of the House and Senate and Senate on Utah's Capitol Hill, uh, it lost in their particular district. And so in essence, they were listening uh, to their their constituents there. Uh, as you look at this, uh, LeVar, in terms of, of how it moves forward, what happens next, what are some of the other observations or things that maybe we're missing uh, because this is just such a white-hot political issue? Yeah, so uh, so what what has happened is typical of, of redistricting uh, debates and uh, actions throughout, you know, the, the last many years, many decades, do it every 10 years, and really throughout the country. And, and that is that the party in power does control the redistricting process. Even in states where they've created redistricting commissions, it often ends up in, in a big political fight. And, and, and so, and especially with a lot uh, nationally at stake here, con- potentially control of the U.S. House and so forth, you know, it, it does uh, result in... Uh, in, in this being a, a political fight. Uh, there, there are other issues here. Uh, one of the big questions is what constitutes a, a community of interest. Yes. And, uh, and, and that is less, it's not simply black and white either. Lots of people look at that as a geographic uh, uh, community when it really can be much broader than that. Mm. And, and I want to drill into that just a little bit in our uh, remaining moments here, LeVar, because that is one of the things. What is that uh, community of interest? Is it geography? Is it political party? Is it uh, farmers and ranchers or people who live downtown? Uh, what does that really mean? Uh, I wanted to float past you my great idea to get all the politics out of it. We're just going to do it alphabetical. Uh, so we'll start at the letter A until we get 870,000 voters in, and then we'll probably pick up around the letter G. That'll be District 2, 870, and then we'll get to S and work our way through. Uh, but as you look at those communities of interest, uh, how do you see that, and, and how do we get beyond? We're always – anytime you're drawing a map and you're having boundaries and borders, uh, you're going to have you're gonna have things that are going to get split. Yeah, so so I have lived uh, all over the state, really. I kind of grew up in Utah County. I lived in Washington County for a while, raised my family in Davis County, lived right in the heart of Salt Lake City in a condo for a number of years. I worked downtown for more than 40 years. Now I live in a very r- remote rural Utah. And so my you know, my interests really haven't changed. I care about all of those places. I love southern Utah, love living downtown. So personally, I would prefer a member of Congress to represent me who kind of has the interests of all of those places at heart. And I do think that that obviously urban people and suburban people love rural Utah. They recreate there. They camp and hike and, and so forth. And uh, most rural people... You know, in the area I live, almost everyone, including myself, has family members, children and grandkids and so forth that live in urban Utah. And so really communities of interest are intertwined across boundaries of cities and counties. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not just, you know, a, a specific geographic location. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight as always, LeVar Webb. Uh, great pieces there on uh, utahpolicy.com. Check those out uh, in terms of who is representing their constituents and what is a uh, community of interest and how do we actually get to that. Uh, LeVar, thanks for joining us today. Happy to do it. All right. Uh, so many important things. And I again, I love how LeVar gets us past the headlines 
uh, past the shouting matches, the talking points from across the spectrum, and we really have to look who's being represented uh, and how. Is it a loud voice? Is it a noisy voice? Or is it the voice of the people? Always worth considering. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, uh, much more, even a new university creation, different perspective. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.